So we've discussed um, a few types of thieves of our joy so far. We've talked about some natural opponents. Uh, We've talked about complaints and assumptions. Things which are obviously going to to take our joy away from us. Um, We've talked about paradox. Things that are unexpected thieves. Um, Their expectations and apathy, which don't seem necessarily... uh, Direct, directly connected to, to taking my joy away. But we talked another about another one, which is a, a dependent thief. In other words, uh, some, a concept that has multiple definitions. And uh, we talked about pride, and we're going to add a, a fourth uh, today, which is I'm hearing myself. Sorry, I, that's that's my fault because I just turned this bad boy on. So. Um, we're adding. <laughs> Thank goodness we got the tech guy from from college here. He'll fix me up. It's the monitor. The monitor. Oh, this. Oh, this right. Oh, I thought it was the speaker up here. Okay. Wonderful. We'll get through this together. A thief of application. In other words, um, we have a characteristic that is actually necessary, something that God wants. And we say, well, how can something that God wants and, 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 and is necessary, even as a, 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 a thing of being a human being, how is that possible that that would steal my joy? That, that seems kind of odd. Um, and and well, we're, going to, we're going to explore... Um, that the problem is in how we develop a particular characteristic that produces the right or wrong result. Um, so, uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 10. It says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Now this is the week before Christmas, so I realized, we talked about expectations a few weeks ago, and so I realized that today there are some expectations. Um, We want to talk about babies today. And and so so we want a sermon that's that's, uh, about one part Jesus. We want uh, two parts Santa Claus. Uh, if we could have a jolly sermon, that would be wonderful. But if the preacher should grinch it up a little bit, we're going to be a little un- unhappy. I understand that. Uh, so I, I understand that the expectations are set against me. Uh, so we're going to try to cover a serious topic, and we're going to try to do it just a little bit different. So maybe we can illustrate some things um, wanted to go back and talk about this comparison of joy and happiness. So we, we went through a couple of weeks ago. We talked about how, uh, how joy is kind of, it sets the, the floor for where I can fall in my happiness. Happiness comes and goes, and, and, and there's really no connection to the two. I can be happy even amidst a, 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 a crisis in my own life. Right? The, the two aren't connected. I, I can have a wonderful joy and, and still not necessarily be the happiest, 
right? Something bad happened today. I got a flat tire. I'm not so happy. But, but that level of joy is going to determine the floor to which I fall. Uh, I want to go back to this illustration. Um, and and we're, today we're going to be dealing with how joy, where this level is, how, we de- how that gets determined in our life. And it has to do with this application of, of something which God wants. Um, I want to talk about our core. Um, joy is the substance in our lives. And, and our core is made up of a lot of things. And the, the more substance our core has, it will determine the level to which our joy is at. This is why, uh, why things, it's, a, it's a slower curve than happiness. Happiness is boom, it happened good, it happened bad. But, but the things that are, form joy are, are the things that, that have substance in my life. The things that are part of my core. Give you two illustrations. We saw a couple of weeks ago a video which you probably wish to forget. You see how how dramatic things can go up and dramatic things can go down. uh, Barely over a month ago, this is interesting. Joy doesn't necessarily produce the same kind of results. Joy of, of substance, uh, Cam and Terry aren't here today, uh, but, but to, to see them, you know, to see their son baptized into Christ, and like, well, they're crying. Why are they crying? It's joy. Now, 20 years from now, I won't think about Super Bowls, but I, I guarantee you that 20 years from now, they will probably think about that moment with a very similar emotion. Right? It, it, it's got a, it might not be that peak. It might not bring tears to their eyes thinking about it, but, but it's still going to produce that, oh, I remember when. Right? It, it, it's got a much different curve to it because there's more substance to it. And so we're going to talk about uh, another concept in the concept of identity. Identity is our core. Um, and so let's, let's begin talking about the makeup of our core. Because we, really our core is made up of a lot of different things. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. In other words, where a man's core is, right, that's what determines him. His identity uh, is going to be determined by his central thoughts. Those are what define us. Now, technically, as a man thinks in his heart, that's kind of a a strange idea. As a man thinks in his heart, my heart is my emotions. My emotions can't reason or or be logical. So what in the world is he saying? The heart is the center of a person. As a man's thoughts are at his center, what he considers most central to himself determines his behavior, it determines his direction. These are the way he thinks about himself. And so our level of joy will be determined by this. Uh, Philippians chapter 4 has a couple of interesting things here. Uh, 11 and 12, he says, Now I'm speaking 
I'm not speaking of being in need, for I have learned, like that phrase, I have learned in whatever situation uh, that I am in to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to, be, uh, to abound. And in every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger and abundance and need. Now, he doesn't explain what, what he's learned. He doesn't explain the secret, which is kind of funny. He says, I've learned the secret. It's like, apparently you're going to have to figure it out on your own. Because he doesn't, like, waiting for that. Well, share me the secret. What's the secret? Well, actually, the reality is, is that he has already told us the secret. And we're going to get to that elsewhere in, uh, in Philippians. He's already gone through that in the previous chapter. And here's the secret. If this is going to work. Our Ima. You, you've heard of Sigmund Freud. right? Uh, he was a nut job. If you don't believe so, come after and I'll share you with you one quote of Sigmund Freud. And, uh, and you will be confirmed that he was a nut job. Uh, he had, however, amongst all his theories, the idea of the id and the ego. And he was trying to define human psychology. And I, I'm going to break down human psychology here into a new category. And it's called the Ima. The Ima, to figure out what your Ima is, all you have to do is finish the sentence. Ima what? That's your identity, your Ima. So I told you, I could try and make it light a little bit today. When you read a blog or you go on a, a website, you you know, you, we want a recipe for something, and, and you have to read this much to get the recipe, right? Just just tell me the ingredients and how to cook them. Right? But this, this, this person has prepared this recipe, and they want you to know all about this recipe. So you go onto this thing, and on the right, or the left, or wherever, there's this little picture, and, and there's a little paragraph about the person and their blog and whatever. And, and it will say, I'm a, I'm a this, I'm a that, I'm a this, I'm a that. Right? I'm a mother of 12, I, I'm a homemaker, I'm a chef, I'm a whatever. And these are the imas that make us who we are. I'm a when you are talking with people, you share your imas. And these make up your identity. They can be simple. They can be references to your occupation. I'm an electrician. I'm a preacher. I'm an engineer. Right? And these are... But they, they can be more than that. They, they can be your hobbies. I'm an artist. Musician. Hey, all sorts of things make up your identity of yourself. And, and Paul shares how his joy, how his life became more substantive. He shares with us the secret in the previous chapter. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 5 through 7, he says, and he's describing his circumstances. He says, uh, Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. He's, he's listing all his imas that he used to have. These are all the things that formed his identity that made him brag to other people. Because the previous verses go on and talk about, oh, they brag and let me brag. Yeah, I could brag if I wanted to. I used to be proud of all these things, but I counted them as lost. And that's the secret. He, he got rid of all those imas that made up an inferior core. And when he got rid of those, his life changed. I've learned the secret. 
to be in all different circumstances because now I just recognize that those are circumstances and they are not my identity. Circumstances aren't identity. They should never be identity. Because circumstances have less substance to them. They're more temporary. And so that'll make a more of a, a curve in your joy. It'll bring it lower if you're dependent upon that. So I want to talk about how that works, how, how the theft happens. It happens in a couple of ways. Uh, <clears throat> we're going to go through, and this is where we're going, to, we're going to try to lighten it up a little bit. First of all, it works through restriction. I remember the moment where I said, I'm a homeowner. New identity. You remember that moment? Oh, that was exciting. That's an exciting moment. I'm a homeowner. And I went out and I said, this is mine. And it was nice because I could do what I wanted for the most part to it. I don't have to, like, it's mine. It's exciting. It was wonderful. I'm a homeowner. Well, a lot of things come with that I'm a I, uh, I got a letter about that about two weeks ago. And I can tell you that my joy went down $250 from last year. Right. It's a part of my core, and, and I guess to a certain extent, it's a circumstance, really. And, and we make up these things, and the more substantive these are, the more joy or less joy that you will have. Now, that's more substantive than some things. If your I'm a, is, I'm a fill-in-the-blank fan, right? You're in sports, and that's a, I mean, trust me, that's some people's core. They live and die by that. Well, they're going to be go up and down. They're going to go up and down. If that's a part of their core, that has almost no substance whatsoever. I mean, that is paper thin. And so if that's a significant part of your core... Very, uh, just lacking all substance, very limited. And so we're restricted by the element of, of the circumstance. It compels you is the second thing. It restricts you, but it also compels you. Being a, having your imas, they, if they're not substantive, they will compel you to things. I'll give you a couple of illustrations here. Uh, trigger warnings from for the next couple of points. Katie got into a discussion with one of her uh, with one of her clients um, over some topics that we might have discussed recently for the last year and a half. And his conclusion was, "I'm a doctor." Well, what was she going to say? He's a doctor. That's his, that's his identity. See, I'm a doctor. And so, you have to listen to me. Now, this is what all the other doctors are saying. So, since I'm a doctor, and I have to say this too. Now, he's an eye surgeon and knows nothing of the particular topic uh, of which he was speaking. He's a doctor. So, so he has to 
Because that's his identity. It's not a circumstance. He doesn't work as a doctor. He is a doctor. You see the difference? There's just a subtle difference. So, so he is compelled to do what doctors do. And you can do this with anything. Anything that you, are, you have as your identity, it compels you to do what people in that ima do. Let me give you a funny illustration. Well, we'll get to that in just a second. But I want, I want to, I'll go back to Paul. Think about Paul. Was there ever a point, do you think, in life that Paul disagreed with what he was taught? Of course there were, but I'm a Pharisee. I'm a Pharisee, and this is what the Pharisees are saying. This is what the Pharisees are doing, so I kind of have to do it. He's compelled because I'm a it's my core. And so it takes away your joy because you are forced to do things that you probably inside disagree with. You can't think for yourselves. Hey, if, you're, if you're the Pharisees, you can't. This is what the Pharisees are saying. This is what the doctors are saying. This is what the whoever's are saying. This is what they're doing. This is what we're saying. Do it. And if you buy into that, it steals your joy. Because you can't live what you know. This steals your joy through volatility. We are an alloy of imas, really. We are the, a, a mixture of the things that we view as our identity. And, and so they are degrees of impurity. Some things are more substantive. If your ima is your family... Well, that has a lot of substance. It certainly has more substance than being a homeowner, right? You're going to have a much slower... If, if you're wrapped up in your family, you're probably going to have less of a, 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 of a steep curve than if you're a homeowner. That's kind of going to be one of these. Because, because there's more substance to it. The mixture that you view yourself with, the more volatile the mixture, the more volatile your life, and, and, and you're going to see more ups and downs. It's going to be steeper. That's just the simple math. The less substance I have, the less there is to anchor me at one spot. And so I become volatile. What you saw a couple weeks ago was a, a representation of me a long time ago. I have escaped the vortex. Right? I invite you to join me on the other side. But let's go back in time. I'm a... I'm a Patriots fan. If you would have said to somebody about a year and a half ago, some guy, randomly, what do you think of Cam Newton? No. Who's Cam Newton? Well, listen, he's a running quarterback. They'll never win the Super Bowl. The next one that wins will be the first one. Uh, he's a choker. He's a whatever. Blah, 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 blah. Right. <clears throat> Patriots signed him. I love Cam Newton. I mean, that guy, he just puts his head down and just hit. You see, I'm forced. I'm forced to go with the Ima. 
because I've connected myself to something. Now, this is a silly illustration, but I'm going to get to a point. And so it's volatile. I'm compelled really to contradict myself from one moment to the other based on my identity. I'm having mixed thoughts about this next part. Let's talk about the last year and a half. But we're going to talk about it like it was sports. Because sports is fun. Sort of. Consider the last year and a half as though it had been a football game, if you don't mind. It will take a little bit of the... But you'll definitely know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, so it goes something like this. It's the end of the fourth quarter. I'm now, sir. Uh, I'm here with two... Two fans, uh, we're at the championship game. I'm here with, uh, with Bill. Bill, who are you? Uh, I'm a conservative. Yeah, I'm a conservative. And I'm here with Jim, Bill and Jim. Uh, I'm a liberal, progressive, whatever. Okay, so, so, so we, I'm on. So I have to, uh, what do you think about how things are going? It's, it's the end of the fourth quarter, and, uh, and things aren't looking too good for your guy. Oh, uh, no, uh, but, but I, think, uh, I think it's going to be okay. Um, uh, what do you think? I think oh, no, no, we, we've got all the momentum, see. We've got all the momentum because they just suffered a major uh, pandemic, and, and we're going to take this thing all the way. Okay, uh, so, so we're, we're, we're coming down to the final minutes here. Uh, what do you think uh, is going to happen? I don't know, but let, let's, let's tune in to the, to the last bit of the game. Uh, and it looks like, it looks like uh, Trump is going to convert a vaccine here. And what do you think about vaccines? Oh, I think they're great. We're going to go all the way. He's got the vaccine. It's going to go. And you're going down the sidelines. And Trump fumbles the vaccine. And Biden picks it up. Biden's going the other way. Oh, no. Yes, we like vaccines now. Oh, no. Stop the vaccine. It's the volatility. Why the volatility? Because my IMA. My IMA. We have so many imas that have no substance, really. We, we, we attach them to our core. And so, oh, I was happy a year and a half ago. I had joy had a year and a half ago when I thought it was going one way. Oh, but now it's different. Oh, I was down low a year and a half ago, but things turned around. I... Do you understand, this is not about vaccines. This is about our joy. This is about our identity as Christians. I don't care where you're at on vaccines. I really don't. I care where your core is. And if my core is in any of those things, I'm going to be happy when we win the championship and I'm going to be sad when we don't. I want to turn to Matthew chapter 1 because I know we're expecting the baby. Matthew chapter 1. We're going to begin in verse 18. I want to exchange our core. I want to purify that identity. Matthew 1, beginning in verse 18. We're going to go into chapter 2 a little bit. 
Now the birth of Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son. You will call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. And so all of this was done, that it would be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin will be with child, bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. And Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took him as his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and called his name Jesus. And after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he? who has been born king of the Jews. We have seen a star in the east, and we have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he gathered all the chief priests and the scribes and the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea. So it is written, You, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them the time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search for the young child. When you found him, bring, it back, uh, bring back word to me so that I can come and worship him also. And when they heard the king, they departed. And the star, which they had seen in the east, went in front of them until it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary and his mother and fell down and worshipped him. When they opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. You're wondering what this has to do with identity. So I want to look at replacing our core with things that should not change. The more substance we have, as we said, the more substance we have, the more our joy will be at even keel. And, and the higher it will be, by the way. The, the pure form it is, right? that's the ideal. She will bear a son. You will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. These are some imas to replace. As you think of all the things, and, and you'll pay attention. You'll, first of all, you're going to hear this uh, when other people say things. You're going to leave here and you're going to hear people say, I'm a... You're never going to hear that word again the, right, the same way. I'm a... And then you're going to start hearing yourself say it. I'm a... It's going to be like this thing bouncing back at me. I'm a... Oh, I said that. I'm a possession. He will save his people. I'm a possession. I'm owned. That's awesome. I mean, think about that. I am owned by God. I mean, we think of that as a negative sometimes. I think like, like uh, being a possession. I don't want to be thought of something I'm owned and all that. that that's incredible. People buy things that they consider valuable. You buy things that you really don't think are valuable? No, I'm going to invest money in it. I'm a possession. I'm valuable. That's a good 
thing to have in your core. Throw that in there. Make that an important part of your identity. Matthew one twenty three says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. I'm a companion. God is with me. You spend time, do you voluntarily spend time with people you don't like? You try to get away with it. You're like, oh. Right? I mean, that's, that's just how we are. I'm being blunt. We don't go out of our way to spend time with people who insult us or do whatever. God with us. God has voluntarily offered us the opportunity to be his companion through his son. That's what that little baby means. God with us. That's an important thing to have in my core. Remember that. Where is he who is born, born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose. We have come to worship him. I'm a worshiper. I'm a worshiper actually goes deeper than, than this idea here. They came to worship. That was an activity. But, but to be a worshiper, that's even deeper still. That, that has more substance still because, because it's not that I just came to worship this morning. I am a worshiper. That's a part of my core. That's what I, that, that, that's what I do. Uh, it, it's, it's my identity on, on Tuesday evening. It's my uh, Thursday afternoon. That, that's, my, that's my core. That's who I am. I'm a worshiper. Put that in there. Put that in that identity and, and see if things don't start to change. If you if you feel volatile at all, and you you feel like you had less, I'm telling you, worship being a worshiper doesn't change. It's got substance, and you can do that regardless of circumstances. That's what's wonderful. That's what makes that joy high and at an even level. You, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people. Israel, I'm a follower. I've been shepherded. I'm being led by. I'm a. I'm a. Think about ourselves differently. My identity. These these completely don't. You notice that all of these things, none of them has to do with the circumstance in which I live. They they have to do with me and God, and that connection between the two of us. I'm a follower. Well, if I'm a follower, then I'm, it's going to immediately dictate. We talked about the, the things that dictate the way, and, and Paul's life being dictated by the thoughts. And, and as a man thinks in his course, so is he. I'm a follower. Well, then you'll follow. It will happen. It's important to have that in your core. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And they came into the house and they saw the child with Mary and his mother. They, these people were searching to worship. And, and, and the point at which they rejoiced is when they saw, I'm a witness. That means a, a different thing. I, I haven't seen God. I haven't seen the baby. I'd have liked to. That would be great. But I'm still a witness. I've still witnessed things. Through this word, through through the impact that that his 
has had on my life through the life of other people that I know. I've, been, I've witnessed Christ. And that baby that became a man that taught things and, and imparted things to other people and, and, and that's gone down in time. And I, so I am a witness in a different sort of way. Am I a witness? That's a part of my core. It's going to be revealed in the way I talk. It's going to be revealed in the way I act and, 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 and all manner of things that make up my lifestyle. And one more. In Matthew chapter 2.11, it says, They fell down and they worshipped Him. and They opened their treasures and they offered Him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. I'm a giver. I am a giver. That's who I am. I don't give. I'm a giver. There's a difference. They offered. It means a sacrifice. They sacrificed their gold and frankincense and myrrh. Valuable, valuable things. They, they sacrificed it. To Christ, I'm a sacrificer. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an offerer. However you want to phrase that. When we give ourselves, when that's my identity, then then God has it all. We go all the way back to the beginning. I'm a possession, and so all that I have is God's. These are the things of substance. These are the things I want to leave you with this morning. And one challenge: How do you think of yourself? Sometimes I don't feel like that, right? But I can tell you the things of substance are going to be determined. These six things and more will determine what you become, the way you look at yourself. If you, if you settle for low things that are offered by everyone around you, I'm not saying you can't own a home, but say I own a home. I'm not a homeowner. That is... That's lower in my standards. Whatever imas we want to throw in there, we, we replace those with things that, that have longevity. Re- replace those with things that are, are, are that have substance. Observe, observe yourself. Observe when you're saying and, 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 and thinking things like I'm a. Pay attention, listen. Think back to, you know, I, I don't feel like I have as much joy as I used to. Okay, well, start to observe the things in the moments. Right? This is like, you, you know, I, I, I'm not, I've been feeling nauseous. Okay, go to the doctor. You write down what you eat. Right? What have you been eating? What have you been doing? What, what, write, start writing things down. Pay attention. It's the same thing. Observe your behavior. When are you feeling less happy? Well, then I go on and read the news. Okay, don't do that. Why are you doing that? Because I'm a. And because I'm a, I have to know what's happening here and I have to pay attention to what they're doing and, and I have to formulate the right thoughts for this group that I'm, I'm a part of. Pay attention. Observe yourself. Watch uh, and listen. As I say, you might notice this in others first. Maybe different. Maybe you'll notice it in yourself first. But, but likely you're, you're going to hear other people say it and you're going to laugh. Then you'll start hearing yourself say it. And hopefully it does that thing where it just stops us. And, you know what? I, I just got to start phrasing it different so that my mind catches up. And then the body will catch up to that. I'm a... It, the Bible's full of them. 
The, the Bible, the New Testament. Read the New Testament. Look for things to, to grab a hold of and make these a part of your identity. And I guarantee 100% you will see a joy level that increases. You will, you will notice that you don't have the volatility. I'm not saying you're never going to have a down day. And you get a flat tire, you're going to be upset. I, I'm saying you're not going to have this curve in your life where you're like, I'm down. Because, because here's the problem. It is when it gets down. It's, it, it, when you're up, it's wonderful. It stays up. When you get down, it stays down. And it takes a while to bring that out of that curve. Bring things of substance. And let's keep it up there.